0: Funded in part with the City of San Diego Tourism Marketing District Assessment Funds.
2: Imagine you ask two people the same seven questions. I'm Mini Driver, and this was the idea I set out to explore in my podcast, Mini Questions. This year, we bring a whole new group of guests to answer the same seven questions, including Courtney Cox, Rob Delaney, Liz Fair, and many, many more. Join me on season three of Mini Questions on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your favorite podcasts. Seven questions, limitless answers.
3: It's like the police knew who he was before they got here.
4: From iHeart Podcasts. The medical school dean at USC was leading a secret double life.
3: He's breathing right now? Yes, he's absolutely breathing. I'm a doctor, actually. A story about money, power, and corruption. When people fall in line, they fall in line.
5: Looking back, I realized, oh, everyone knew.
3: I'm Paul Pringle, an investigative reporter for the LA Times. Listen to Fallen Angels, a story of California corruption on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts.
6: The Therapy for Black Girls podcast is your space to explore mental health, personal development, and all of the small decisions we can make to become the best possible versions of ourselves. I'm your host, Dr. Joy Harden-Bradford
8: Alright guys, welcome to Always Hungry from iHeartRadio. My name is Bobby Flay, and I'm here with my daughter and co-host... I'm Sophie Flay. And on Always Hungry, Sophie and I gather around my stove to cook together. While you
0: cook, I ask the questions and eat the food.
8: If there's any food left, we come to the table together to share a meal, connect as a family, and tell the stories that matter to us. Okay, so here we're talking about oven to table, which has been a way that I've been cooking for a very long time. The first time I started cooking oven to table dishes... Let me just let me just define exactly what I'm talking about. Mm-hmm. Something that you put in the oven in a in some sort of earth, uh, oven-proof dish. It could be a cazuela that you'd see like in either you know Mexico or Spain, so to speak. Um, you know the, the, those are those earthenware terracotta-like dishes um, that are oven-proof. Or it could be a casserole dish. It could be a Pyrex dish. Um, it could be an oval gratin dish. Uh, you know, stoneware. It could also be cast iron, like a regular cast iron pan or pot, or it could be an enamel-coated um, cast iron pan or pot, like, you know, no. like like Le Creuset or Staub yeah, yeah. or something like that. Um, any of those work really well. Some of them are prettier, prettier than others. The old-school ones are the Pyrex ones. You know what those look like? No. Most of the time they're clear. They look like glass bowls. Oh,
0: yeah, yeah, yeah. But
8: they're actually oven-proof, mm-hmm. you know, to a certain temperature. And so the idea here is that you, may, you make something in these vessels. You put them in the oven to finish to, to finish cooking them. When they're done, you take them out of the oven and you put them in the middle of the table. So it's oven to table. So you're not transferring a bunch of things and creating a lot of you know, dishes and, right. you know, and you're taking out steps. And there's also something really, I think, very comforting and homey about it. Mm-hmm. Great for Sunday night dinners, great for family-style dinners. Brunches. It's great for anything, really. Mm-hmm. I mean, I cook out of my pizza oven a lot. And the thing about the, the listen, a pizza oven is a, is a luxury to have. So I don't want to say it's not a good thing to have, but the problem with them is that it takes you three hours to heat them. Right. So if you're just going to cook pizza in them, you better cook a lot of pizza. Like you, d- <laughs> right. you don't turn your oven on for one pizza. It just doesn't it's a, it's a waste of energy. Right. And so what I do is when I when I'm going to fire up my pizza oven, what I do is I try to is I try to do a lot of things out of the pizza oven so I don't waste the energy. And mm-hmm. and, and it's an amazing it's an amazing piece of equipment. It gets incredibly hot. It's very very useful. So if I'm going to make pizzas, I'm also going to like I can cook a steak in a cast iron pan. I mm-hmm. can do a pasta in a in a casuela or some earthenware dish and serve, you know, a baked pasta. Um, You know, one of the things that I like to do is I like to make little appetizers over the table as well, not just entrees. So I do this dish where it's like roasted mushrooms and goat cheese with some fresh thyme,
7: Mm.
8: maybe some chili oil. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) So you just think, think about it this way, right? So you have like, let's say... Yeah, like you have, a dip? No, not like a dip. Roasted mushrooms. So you take like.
0: Oh, the mushrooms are the main
8: sliced, event. The mushrooms are the main event. So yes, <laughs> but, but think about it this way. So you have sliced. This is actually interesting because this is like a little bit like that TikTok dish with the feta cheese. And I'll, t- I'll explain to you about this in a minute. They, I want, I'm going to paint the picture for you. You have shiitake mushrooms. You have oyster mushrooms. You have cremini mushrooms. Mm-hmm. They're all sliced up. You season them in a, in a bowl with, like, some olive oil, salt, and pepper, and some fresh garlic. You lay them into a earthenware dish that you're going to put in the oven, one layer across. You take a slice of goat cheese, like, out of a, out of a log, mm-hmm. put it right in the middle. You sprinkle some fresh thyme over it, some extra virgin olive oil, salt, and pepper, maybe a chili pepper or two. Put it into the oven. So what happens? The mushrooms start to roast the juices start to melt together. Mm-hmm. The fresh thyme con- starts to... This is kind of like the TikTok. Right. And then the, the, what happens to the goat cheese? Well, the goat cheese doesn't have a lot of liquid in it. So it, it melts, but it doesn't melt and run. It just gets soft. Mm-hmm. Okay, so now, and it gets a little brown on top. So now you take it out of the oven and you mix it up mm-hmm. and you serve that on like some toast. Yes. Goat cheese, <laughs> mushrooms, garlic. Time.
0: Say less. Yes, right?
8: Yes. And maybe like splash a little aged balsamic vinegar on top of it. Sure. Game time. <laughs> That's a really good appetizer. Yeah. And then the classic eggplant parmigiano. Now, this is not eggplant parmesan, which is the Italian-American version where there's lots of mozzarella cheese and tomato sauce on top of it. Basically, in Italy, you'll see like zucchini parmigiano or you'll see eggplant parmigiano. Um, artichoke parmigiano and basically what you're what you're getting is maybe like a little bit of tomato with thin slices of eggplant that have been roasted and some parmigiano origino cheese that's it mm-hmm. so it's not a very big melted cheese dish it's most it's really about the eggplant or the mm-hmm. zucchini or the artichokes and that's a real that's another really good dish to do oven to table as well mm-hmm. comes out really nicely All right, Sophie, we're making a, um, a baked pasta, which is basically a pasta that you cook almost all the way through, and then you put it in some sort of earthenware di- dish or casserole, something like, you know, um, oven-proof.
0: To get it crispy?
8: Well, to bake it in the middle and then also get it cr- crusty on the outside. On the top, yeah. And then, it, and then it's great to serve it right in the middle of the table. Okay. All right, so basically what I did was um, I, I'm sauteing... So so it's saying some hot Italian sausage. So this is gonna be hot Italian sausage, a vodka sauce, which is a tomato cream sauce with vodka in it, one of your favorites. Heck yeah. Some broccoli rabe. It's gonna have some fontina cheese rolling through it, and we're gonna put some Parmesan and some mozzarella on top,
7: and we're gonna bake it.
8: All right, so I have the, the hot Italian sausage. We're gonna get that nice and crusty, cooked all the way through. And we're gonna save some of the, uh, the fat from the sausage because that's gonna add more flavor all through the pasta. Okay. All right. Then I'm gonna to take tomato sauce that I have made. Right into the, the sausage fat. Gonna splash in vodka. stuff And then, let the alcohol cook out of the vodka to, into the tomato sauce. I know you love this dish. And then you can use heavy cream or creme fraiche. I'm going to use this heavy cream because that's what I have. Let me show you the vodka hooks out a little bit. A little cream, just a touch. So you want the sauce to be kind of like, like a pink color. Yep. How's that color? Beautiful. Is that what you want?
9: Yeah. Nice and light.
8: I know you're a vodka sauce aficionado. True.
3: How this beguiling woman in her 50s She looked like a million bucks. With zero qualifications.
6: She had a Harvard plaque
3: Employing whatever means necessary to bleed her victims dry.
6: She would probably have sex with one of her clients. Hide your money in your old rich man (laughs) because she is on the prowl. Listen to Queen of the Con season five, The
3: Athlete Whisperer, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.
9: Get emotional with me, Radhi Devlukia, in my new podcast, A Really Good Cry.
0: I'm trying to think about, like, how did you plate things at at Bolo? I don't have, like, a lot of memories from Bolo. You don't? No. I have a lot of memories in the kitchen at Bolo.
8: So Bolo was open from 1994 for 15 years, so that would be 2009, something like that, yeah. (laughs) We had a 15-year lease, Mm -hmm. and when the lease was up, they actually knocked the building down. Right. So we had an oven in the dining room. There was an oven station. Was it next to the bar? Yes. Okay. It was like about five or ten feet from the bar, Okay. probably about ten feet from the bar, and so we had the indoor kitchen, which was a very small kitchen. But then we had this kitchen in the dining room, and it was a it was an oven station, and we did a lot of these oven to table dishes, mm. and yeah, and 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 that's you know that's that was, you know it was a Spanish restaurant, and when I say Spanish, it wasn't completely authentic, of course, because I'm from New York City. So I was doing the New York City version of what I thought yeah. of as, as you know Spanish with Spanish ingredients, and of course I was inspired by all these classic dishes. And uh, you know one of them was you know shrimp and garlic, which mm-hmm. is a, which is a classic one. And we served the mushroom dishes, and then I did something called um, I did a uh, this roasted eggplant and Manchego cheese salad, where we roasted thin layers of baby Italian eggplant with Manchego cheese and oregano like layer after layer. Hmm. So it was like 10 or 12 layers. Sounds and we so roasted good. it in the... Uh, it's so good. And then this balsamic glaze on top. I'll make that for you at some point.
0: Okay. But how did you plate things at Bolo? You didn't answer that question. A lot yet. of oven to table. But like in what?
8: When you say in like, what?
0: Like in... Like in
8: in cazuelas. Okay. A lot of cazuelas, yeah. Not everything. I mean, some things yeah, were yeah, in yeah. bowls and plates and stuff like yeah. that. But but we, we definitely served a lot of things in cozuelas. Just like we did at Gato.
0: I feel like I remember when they were closing... Um, when you were closing Bolo, like, I rem- I was there on a day when, like, someone came in and was like, can I buy the- these chairs and this table from your dining room? Like, I, like, proposed to, like, my, my right. wife. That- does that happen a lot?
8: Well, does what happen? Do people get proposed?
0: No. Stop it. Like, do people, like, make requests like that? Like, when one of your restaurants has, like, been closing or shut down or something, like, do people make requests like that?
8: Every once in a while, something like that happens. But really what happens is, like, when Mesa Grill closed after 27 years, Mm -hmm. okay, we announced that we were closing. And we announced that we were closing because, well, first of all, we wanted the customers to understand that so they weren't making reservations months in ahead of time. Right. And also, we wanted people to to have a chance to, to, to come back one, one last time and you can imagine after 27 years some significant events took place there for people you know yeah, people got engaged there people had their first anniversary there people got decided to get divorced there I mean it was all kinds of things <laughs> I mean you know, there's, like, you know and so like what happens is people, people tell me stories all the time about special things that have happened in my restaurants that are significant to, so their, nice. to their history of their life And it's it's. Isn't that sweet? It is really nice. I mean, you know, like, do you have any idea how many engagement rings I've like hidden in in desserts (laughs) in my life?
0: Oh my God, wait! I didn't even think about that. Oh,
8: that happens all the time.
0: Oh my God, that's so funny! I feel like you only see that in movies. I didn't really realize people do that.
8: Can we talk to Bobby? Yeah, what's up? Hey, listen, uh, I'm gonna get engaged tonight. Can you hide (laughs) this in some of the food? I'm like, yeah, just don't let her eat it.
0: That oh my God.
8: But you know, and so. Yeah, Mm -hmm. and then all of a sudden like they're eating like this chocolate cake and then you know usually (laughs) I'd make it pretty obvious it's not not like a king cake like in New Orleans we have to go (laughs) find the ring but like you know it's it's more like um, you know like it would be like a slice of chocolate cake and and, like right on top of the cake would be this like beautiful diamond ring you know that's so funny and then she like freaks out how's that color? Beautiful. Is that what you want?
0: Yeah. Nice and
8: light. I know you're a vodka sauce aficionado. True. And then we're going to take the cooked rigatoni.
0: Mm. Put it in the sauce.
8: Put it in the sauce. And then the sausages that are cooked. Put them and then in the, the sauce. then the blanched broccoli Rob. I'm going to cut this up a little bit. Some salt and pepper. Put the broccoli Rob, in there that's blanched. And then we have some fresh oregano. Drop that in there. Some fresh Italian parsley. Drop that in there. Looks a little dry, so I'm going to add a little more sauce and a little pasta water. Nice. So so basically, so now that's just heated up. I'm going to put this in a mixing bowl. Then we're going to add some, some grated fontina cheese okay. into the pasta. Some parmigiano. A little splash of cream in there. Mm. And then we're gonna mix this up. And we're gonna pour this into a little earthenware dish that's oven proof.
0: Wow, I can't wait to eat this. Looks so good. Does it? Yeah.
8: Then you're gonna take some mozzarella that's grated, put it right on top. Yeah. And see this is what's great about this is you can prep this to right to this point. And then when your guests get there, you can put it in the oven.
0: You know, if someone just <laughs> happens to come over.
8: I think you need to find some friends. I this is getting ridiculous. And we're gonna put this in the oven for like 15, 20 minutes until it gets heated all the way through and then the uh, the cheese on the on top melts, gets a little crusty. Uh, and then uh, like in terms of entrees for like oven to table stuff, like you know, baked pasta is, is clearly one of the one of the, one of the most popular things to do. Enchiladas, you know, you you take chicken, mm-hmm. roll them into the tortillas, stack them into a into a casserole dish, cheese, sauce layers, and then you know you bake it in the oven. It's delicious. So good. You know. Yeah. Lasagna is another good one. Lasagna. Then there's also like. Like I want you to think of the oven to table as not such a big deal because it's really not a big deal. I just want I like I like. I just talking. feel like you
0: have to have the right things. You don't
8: actually. Yes, you do. Like you can do long cooking things. Like if you did like a pork, like I, like in the in the in the winter, I like making pork and green chili stew, mm. which is like pork shoulder. It takes a long time to cook it, like hours. Makes your house smell good for the whole day. Like green chilies, tomatillos some chicken stock, just let it cook until the pork gets really, really soft. You know, you cube them. And then you can serve it with, like, a bunch of garnishes on the side, but you can just take the entire pot of that pork and green chili stew and put it right in the middle of the table. Mm. You don't, don't have to transfer it. Mm. Same thing with, like, if you make chili. Like, I do, like, a lamb and black bean chili. And then you serve garnishes on the side, but you serve, you serve the stew or the chili right in the pot.
0: I love making chili. That I can make. Chili I can make. You have make. a recipe for us? No, Dad.
8: <laughs> <laughs> Do you use ground beef
0: mm-hmm. or, or turkey?
8: Oh, turkey. Okay. I actually made a vegetarian. Actually, I did it on the Today Show. I, I made a vegetarian <laughs> um, chili on Beat Bobby Flay. I was challenged to it, and then actually, I won the. I won it. The base of it, instead of meat, cauliflower. No, was eggplant and mushrooms.
0: Oh yeah, portobello
8: mushrooms because they're very firm. Yeah, like diced up. And then eggplant also diced up. And it actually Sounds held good. up really, really well. Mm. It was delicious. And then I did it on the Today Show. And here, I'll give you, here are some examples of some good baked pastas. You ready? Go for it. I'm going to say them slowly. So a mezza rigatoni, which is like a half, half-sized rigatoni. So like, mm. you know, rigatoni is usually long. That's what you're eating there. Mm-hmm. So a half size rigatoni with porcini mushrooms and, um... Like a cacio e pepe crust. Yes. You like that? Yep. So it's like pecorino, mm-hmm. a little mozzarella, and then some black pepper, of course. I'm going to make that perfect this weekend. Then um, just like a classic one with penne tomatoes and mozzarella and basil. You put the mozzarella on top, let it bake. It's delicious. And these are all sort of like, I would say, fancier versions than like, and like what I think of is the, 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 the Italian-American stalwart, which is big ziti.
2: Mm-hmm.
8: You know, that has like ricotta and tomato and it's delicious. Serves a purpose. Then uh, I like using shells. Me too. I love stuffed shells. This one has ricotta, fontina cheese, tomatoes, and Calabrian chilies.
0: Where'd you get that one?
8: What do you mean? I made it up.
0: Oh, can you send me the recipe?
8: <laughs> yeah, it's got ricotta, fontina, tomato just- sauce, and Calabrian <laughs> chilies. And then, I don't know, have you ever, have you ever had, um, I buy these squid ink shells, the little, the, oh, they're yeah. smaller shells and they're, they're black squid ink. Mm-hmm. So I like making a, it's sort of like a crab gratin. Ooh. So it's like a creamy crab sauce in with the squid ink shells.
0: But the s- shells are smaller,
8: right? They're smaller. And then it's like, it's like creamy and there's like, anyway, and then I do like a lemon anchovy breadcrumb on top. Yes. Good.
0: We should make that one. And then soon. this
8: one we're eating today is the rigatoni with the vodka sauce and the broccoli rob and the hot Italian sausage. Yep. Delicious. And then one more, orchiette. You know, or- mm. do you know what orchiette means? No. Little ears.
0: Oh, cute.
8: And um, make that with like a bolognese sauce and parmesan on top. So it's like a it's a meat sauce.
0: I feel like I always have it with like broccoli rob and sausage. What? Orchette.
8: That's classic, actually. That's a classic dish.
0: And that's what I'm eating Broccoli right now.
8: rub, sausage, Mm-hmm. A tomato cream situation. Yeah, there's a version of that.
4: I'm preaching to somebody today who is waiting for God to give you your next step. And you don't know what it is yet.
8: so I'll show you what it looks like when it comes out.
0: Is it ready yet? Ooh, it's looking good. Whoa. Oh, Dad, that looks sick. Doesn't it? Yeah, let me get a picture.
8: Looks great, doesn't it? I'm happy with that. Yup. All right. I'll bring it over to the the podcasting table.
0: (laughs) Okay, perfect.
8: How's the oven-to-table pasta?
0: This pasta is so good.
8: I, it, it's kind of, you know... I, listen, for you, I didn't really take a risk. I used that tomato vodka sauce, creamy creamy tomato vodka sauce that you love. There's sausages, there's broccoli rub, It's baked.
0: Crispy cheese.
8: But this is a good dish for you to make at home.
0: How do you feel about oven-to-table desserts?
8: Harder. No, not actually not really. That's actually not a bad idea. You could do... You could do like a baked cake in these cazuelas really well, or a souffle.
0: Really? Souf-
8: yeah, souffles are hard, but but you could do <laughs> but you could do like a. You're not um,
0: known for your baking.
8: <laughs> okay, I don't know if you saw my um, morning buns. The-
0: no, but I'll never forget my dry birthday cake.
8: <laughs> was it really? It was terrible.
0: It wasn't terrible. It was just like well. You tried. <laughs> Good one. <laughs> what kind of cake was it? It was like vanilla with chocolate icing. I mean, the only reason why I can give you a hard time about it is because that basically never happens. So,
8: <laughs> I mean, well, yeah, my baking is <laughs> my baking is just so. It's like it's one of those crazy things where, like, when I decide this, which is very rare, when I decide to bake something. I literally sabotage myself. <laughs> like, I go into it knowing that I'm going to mess it up. I don't just follow, the, I don't, I don't just follow like, the recipe of some great pastry chef. Oh, no. I have to, like, <laughs> take a shortcut or change something right. or, you know, substitute one flour for the other cause, right. because it's, like, it's almost like if I don't sabotage myself, I'm not going to be happy about it. <laughs> it's ridiculous. But, but you can definitely do oven to table. You can do, like 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 uh like like a chocolate lava cake in a casuelo it would work really well actually okay and and actually what's really nice is you can set the batter you can you can put the batter in the casuelas get small ones and have it ready and then <clears throat> just take some egg whites and then fold it in and then put it in the um in the oven when you're, when you're ready to order. It's almost like baking a cake to order. Okay. And you go, you know, basically from the oven to the table. That actually works. And just serve a lot of vanilla gelato next to it. Duh. No, the other thing I like to do is I actually like to make, um, I like to cook steaks in cast iron and serve them right into the, especially like a, like a porterhouse steak. I like, I like cooking porterhouse steaks in, in a cast iron pan. Mm-hmm. I, well, it's one of my, actually, it's one of my favorite, it's one of my most well-known recipes. It's Katie Lee make, makes it once a week. And I have to say, every time she makes it and posts it, she's like, "Bobby taught me this." Oh, nice! It's a porterhouse steak that I cook in a cast iron pan, and the way that you cook it is really—it's unorthodox. It, like it—it it goes against—it goes against the grain of like of like good technique, mm. but it works incredibly well. What is it? I'm not going to tell you. You have to look it up. Can you just? You want to know? Yeah. Okay. So you take a porterhouse steak, which is like—it looks like a T-bone. And it has, you know, the filet on one side of the bone, and the other side of the bone is the strip steak. Mm-hmm. You know what a porterhouse looks mm-hmm. like? Okay. So you get a cast iron pan, you put it on top of the stove, you get it ripping hot, some good cooking oil like canola or something like that. Lots of salt and pepper on both sides. You put it down on one of the, one of the sides, and you let it, like, just get crusty as can be. You know, like, it's, like, it's almost like it's, like, deep frying in the, in the oil. Mm-hmm. Really crusty. Don't flip it. Let it get crusty. It's probably going to take about four, five, four or five minutes. Mm-hmm. Okay? Turn it over. Let it cook for about a minute. Take it out. You slice it on the, off the bone, straight down, on both sides, in the, into thick slices. And then you put it back on the bone and back in the pan. So you're refitting it back on, but it's now sliced and raw.
0: Oh, okay.
8: It's raw. Then I take some unsalted butter, whole butter, put it on top of the steak to cover the steak, salt and pepper, and then I put it in the broiler, Mm -hmm. okay, which is what we did with this pasta today. Yep, cooks from above. And then what happens is, is the butter melts, it gets really hot, it melts, and it goes in between the crevices of the steak, and it basically bastes and cooks the steak, perfect, medium, rare. And then you take it out, it doesn't take long, Right. You can overcook this very quickly. You take it out, and you take a spoon, and you and you take the take the juices from the butter and the steak that have now become one, and you put it on top of the of the. You base the steak on top, and then you serve it right in the cast iron pan. Now the cast iron pan is gonna be very hot, so if you're gonna put it on your table, make sure you have like a trivet of some yeah. sort, or or you know a towel or something. And then you serve it right in the middle, and it's like it's 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 a superstar because it smells great, it's sizzling, and it's the best steak you've ever tasted.
0: Where'd you learn that?
8: I learned it from actually going when I was shooting a show called Food Nation. I went to Peter Luger in Brooklyn, one of the most famous Mm steakhouses in the world. Also, just FYI, going to be my neighbor at Caesar's Palace. Heck yeah! They're opening at the end of twenty two.
0: That's so exciting, Peter
8: Luger. I can't wait. I already sent them a note. I'll trade you, like, a, a whole fish and a, and a plate of pasta for a porterhouse anytime. <laughs> yeah. I'm ready for it. Yeah. Anyway, I, I was there, and I, w- and I went into the kitchen, and I saw them do it, and I was like, what are they doing? Oh. And what were they doing? They were making perfect steaks. Right, of course. And so, you know, I've told this story a number of times. Bon Appetit did a big story about this, you know, when I was opening Gatto, Oh, one. It was one, cool. of the, one of the things that uh, we talked about.
0: Interesting. Could I do that? Of course you could. Or is that, like, too advanced?
8: No. no. Okay. You, 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 Like, I want you to be a little bit more confident at the stove. If you, if it, listen, Sophie, if you mm. mess up, it doesn't matter.
0: <laughs> no, but then I have to do it again. No, you don't.
8: It's, it's what, gonna, I,
0: go to, I go to bed hungry?
8: <laughs> I it's not going to be that bad. <laughs> like, no matter what, you're going to get through it, and you're going to have something that you can eat. It might not be perfect, but that's the way you do it. There's no substitute for experience. Hmm. You have to do these things, these things over and over.
0: Always Hungry is created by Bobby Flay and Sophie Flay.
8: Our executive producer is Christopher Haciotis.
0: Always Hungry is produced, edited, and mixed by Jonathan Haas Dressler.
8: Always Hungry is engineered by Sophie Flay. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows.
3: To getting what you want is always the hardest. People give up right before they get what they've always wanted to get.
7: Listen to On Purpose with Jay Shetty on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.
6: Every family has an origin story, one passed down through the generations. Mine happens to be a mystery involving my great-great-grandmother left behind in Sicily. I'm Joe Piazza, and my new podcast...